This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, as I always do on Tuesday. And hope this day finds you well. It is a Pelicans game day. The team is in Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Preseason game number five tonight, 6.30 Central. You can hear it on 99.5 WRNO and the Pelicans radio network. Pre-game will start at 6 o'clock, and you can also watch it tonight on NBA TV. So both the television and radio, why don't you turn down that TV and hear the local call of Sean Kelly tonight. Nonetheless, two more preseason games to go. After this, the team will travel to Orlando to take on the Magic on Thursday. We'll have a preview of tonight's game with Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. He'll recap his trip to China along with the teams and kind of get you ready for these last two preseason games as we're almost there. Next Wednesday, Pelicans home and regular season opener against the Denver Nuggets. On the Saints' side, it is quiet today, with Tuesday being an off day for New Orleans, but doesn't mean they uh, made some news this morning as uh, Jarius Robertson, Saints' super fan, who the team met during a hospital visit with Auctioner, who's battling a chronic liver disease, uh, was on Good Morning America this morning, um, along with head coach Sean Payne, Drew Brees, and Cam Jordan. Uh, Jarius uh, got a nice little surprise from the head coach. It's simple now. As a coach... You love it when you see someone with his energy. He is on everyone's butt, trust me. So we're going to sign Jarius today to a contract to become a New Orleans Saint. Today, right here, right there in New York. Hey, but he's he's got an assignment. It's it's a it's significant. You, Jerris, you and your father are coming with us, the Saints, this weekend to Kansas City, and you are going to be our social media correspondent. Heck, we're going to put you in charge of all the media. You're just going to be in charge of the media. Big job, Jerris. can't see his reaction, but he just did some dance I don't think I've ever seen. How about that? <laughs> oh, guys, thank you. Michael, you Michael, you have to watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know what? Thank you guys so much, and um, this is a great... It's very hard not to be a fan of the Who Dat Nation after this, but I tell you, you that. It really thank is. You. So, yes, the Saints have a, a new player today. Uh, I should say a new employee, as Jarius Robertson, officially a New Orleans Saints employee, and it will be the social media correspondent on Sunday when the Pel- when the, not the Pelicans, when the Saints head to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. So we look forward to seeing that. Congratulations to Jarius on uh, such a great story and glad he's officially part um, of the black and gold. So we'll look out for that this week. You can catch all the interviews and all the footage from that story this morning on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app. And, of course, Good Morning America on their Twitter page. Um, you can check out everything from this morning as well. So that was really cool to see this morning. Great start to the day. And also, some of you had a great start to the day with your fantasy football teams. If Probably if you had David Johnson last night for the Cardinals. Um, we'll have some more fantasy football talk, as we always do on this Tuesday, with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. 
part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Campbell Soup. Jake will come on to talk about some of the the items on the list as far as fantasy football is concerned. Ben Roethlisberger is one of them. Aaron Rodgers, another. Um, some waiver wire pickups and, of course, some Saints players to look out for on Sunday against Kansas City. So Saints may be off, but lots of football to be had on this Tuesday as well. And the Cardinals last night on Monday Night Football, not the best game to watch. Lots of penalties and uh, no offense for the Jets as they continue to struggle. Cardinals all over the Jets, 28-3. David Johnson, as I mentioned, three touchdowns over 100 yards rushing. So if you had him on fantasy, hopefully you won. Um, if not, then the rest of your team has some work to do. But uh, we have a good show for you today. So we have Jim Eikenhofer and Jake Seeley. Talk some football, talk some Pelicans. We'll start with Jim Eikenhofer on a Pelicans game day next. This is the Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes and ask how you can be a part of the action on center court. For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, we begin with Pelicans talk on this Tuesday. It is a game day as the team is in Atlanta, my hometown, to take on the Hawks tonight, 630 Central. And joining me now from his presidential suite at the Ritz-Carlton in Atlanta is Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Hello, Jim. Daniel, how's it going? Good. I hope you're behaving in my neck of the woods, my friend. I, I've been on, on my best behavior. Um, you know, we did some tourist stuff yesterday. We visited Georgia Southern University. I know that's where you're from. I was looking for where you went to school. I was looking for the statue of you, and I I kept asking people where it was, and I couldn't find it. So um, I was a little disappointed that I was unable to, um, you know, get get a picture there or whatever, but Maybe maybe next time. If you looked in the janitor's closet, you would have found the statue. That's where it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where I messed up. Okay. I'll show you I'll, next I'll time I'm there. Mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we play here in the regular season. Um, I want to say it's pretty early in the regular season, so so that'll that'll be a good tip that I, uh, I'll write down and remind myself. Yeah, there's a little map that I'll show you. It's in, like, the third janitor's closet to the right. You have to go through another hallway. It's a long story, but I'll help you get there <laughs> next time. I appreciate okay. looking out for it. Yeah. It sounds a little complicated, but I'm sure 
you can kind of walk me through it, and I'll, I'll get to see the statue. No doubt, no doubt. Jim, you've been a world's traveler lately as the team got back from China last Thursday morning there for nine days. I know the team lost both those games, albeit preseason games. How was your experience and the team's experience at China? I thought it was great. I mean, having had a few days now to kind of rest and, and kind of think back on it, it it seems like it's going to be one of those things that I think a lot of the people that were on the trip will remember for a long time. And I, I know personally for people in my family and stuff like that, uh, people have been asking me a million questions about um, what it was like. And there were a lot of, I mean, off the court, away from basketball, there were a lot of really cool things that we got to do, including the Great Wall of China, which I'm sure people saw the pictures and the videos from. But um, there were a lot of other things, too, that we got to do that were kind of um, things I didn't really anticipate. Um, going to the school in Beijing was a really fun experience to be around the, the students there and to see some of the stuff that they do. So all around, I mean, it was a, I thought it was a really good trip um, off the court. On the court, obviously it was two losses. You don't really get that caught up in wins and losses in preseason. But um, I thought Houston treated it like it was the regular season. So in some ways, I think that affected the way that, you know, what happened during the game, especially the first game, what seemed like the Rockets just put their starters back in with five or six minutes left in the game. And I think everybody was looking around like, you know, hey, do these, these guys realize this is a preseason game? So um, there were some, there, there were definitely some factors that um, led to the, uh, the outcomes of the games. But, um, but um, overall, it was, it, was, it was a really cool trip, something that, like I said, I think I'll remember for a long time. With that being said, could you take anything away on the court-wise from these two games against Houston and China? Um, I think there's there are things that the that the Pelicans are still working on, including defensively. Um, that was definitely a, a team that you uh, was a good kind of measuring stick or a good test, anyways, in terms of um, being able to get back on defense and preventing fast breaks because. As everybody knows, with Mike D'Antoni as their head coach, they're going to be pushing the ball all season. So um, I think it was just uh, it was it, it was um, interesting to play the same same team twice, two games in a row in preseason. Something that I don't remember ever happening before. So it was kind of interesting to see you know that aspect of it of how you adjust after playing a team the first time. Unfortunately, um, as I'm sure everyone who watched the game saw, it was pretty disappointing performance by new orleans and the first half they were down by 20 something points so it, it definitely it kind of felt like the end of a long road trip even though it was only the second game but just with all the stuff that was involved um going to china the travel and everything not to make excuses because houston obviously went through the same thing but it definitely the second game definitely had the feel of like what, what we see during the regular season where you might have like a five game 10-day trip and that last game can sometimes be a clunker and that's kind of what I, what I saw on the court that that game and unfortunately injuries um reared its ugly head again for the Pelicans as Alexi Jensen missed one game he's back and fine yet Etuan Moore has that heel contusion he missed um a game or so Terrence Jones didn't play in any of the trip yet AD get hurt right ankle sprain hopefully we'll be back for opening night but still not sure I mean does that play a huge factor in how the team is trying to get through this preseason. You know, they're trying to, you know, get ready for the regular season, trying to get this team as gelling as possible. Does these injuries kind of hurt the fact or hurt that chance of getting ready for the regular season? I think it definitely affects it because I remember going back a few weeks ago to even September when 
training camp started that Elvin Gentry had said that the last two games of preseason he was going to treat as games where he would use kind of his regular rotation and kind of get two dress rehearsals as far as this is a pretty decent um, preview of of the way he's going to distribute minutes and what his rotation is going to look like in the regular season. Obviously now, though, with, with um, a few guys out in addition to the one, the three guys that we already knew weren't going to be available, um, that's not, not going to be possible tonight and then Thursday against Orlando. So it definitely does affect things. It's unfortunate because it, it, it seems like it would have been nice to get a better feel for what to expect on um, next Wednesday against Denver. But I really, realistically, I, don't, I really don't think we're going to be able to see that, to be completely honest. So what can we look out for in these next two games? Because Alvin Gentry did say that these last two games were supposed to be as close to a rotation as possible as far as getting guys in lineups and situations together where they probably will be in the regular season. So how do the how does Alvin Gentry approach these last two games? You might not know this answer until you talk to him at shoot around this morning. But sure. how do you how do you, how do you think these two games play out for the Pelicans? I think what you're going to see instead of what we expected in terms of the the rotation preview is you're going to see some different guys get more opportunities than they would have otherwise gotten. Um, Shek Diallo is one of the guys that I mentioned in the la- over the last few days that you know might be able to get a, a chance to play a little bit more. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis is out. Terrence Jones is out. So that's two um, kind of po- – Anthony is mostly a power forward, and Terrence is also primarily has played there. So um, some of the front court guys, I think, might get more of a chance to play than they otherwise would have. Um, also, I think one of the other things to look, look at that hasn't been affected, fortunately – by injuries is just the center competition that people have talked about between Omer, Ashik, and Alexia Jinsa. Um, I think those two guys probably look at these last two games as, you know, kind of like their last um, chance before the regular season to, to make a statement and, and make their case of why they, they deserve to be the starting center. Is this a big game for both of them tonight because of Dwight Howard playing for the Hawks? You, we haven't seen a, a lot of traditional big men these days in the NBA. A lot of teams playing smaller than usual but tonight I'm not sure how much Dwight Howard's going to play but is this a big test for both Omer and Alexi tonight yeah I think so and I think you could probably also say that Thursday is um because they, Vucevic plays for starts for Orlando we, again we don't know how much especially in that game how much the key guys are going to play because that's the last preseason game for Orlando as well as New Orleans but but um but yeah I think it is it is a opportunity I think the biggest thing sometimes, and you know, we ha- we always have to use the disclaimer of preseason. It affects a lot of things, but in, under normal circumstances, when you have a more of a conventional five, like Dwight Howard and and, and Vucevic, I think the, the one of the ways it affects the the two centers is just simply that they'll play more because you you don't have as many matchup, um, fluky matchups and weird matchups where you might play small lineups the whole game. Um, so I think those guys might theoretically we might just see them more more minutes these last couple games than we would on average and so that could be you know give both of those guys a better chance to state their case in terms of playing time as well as what role they should have in the regular season all right so both guys will keep an eye out on tonight but what about these last two games is there anyone whether they're trying to make the team or anyone that's already on the roster that pelicans fans and and ourselves should keep an eye out for these next couple days as far as maybe their development i mean i think the biggest guy that I that I've been watching, I think probably a lot of people are in the same boat throughout preseason, has just been Buddy Heald, just to see 
you know, how he's, he's adjusting and how he's getting ready for the regular season. Um, he, uh, his first couple games, I, I mean, I think, I think everybody was really impressed and, and really happy with the way he played. He kind of tapered off a little bit in, in the last couple games. I know Alan Gentry said from the beginning that he's a rookie and he's going to have games where he struggles, but, um, but in general, I think he's, he's probably the guy that I, that I've watched the most, uh, um, closely. Um, another guy that I think quietly haven't really talked about him very much in preseason, but has done some really good stuff is Tim Frazier has 29 assists and four turnovers. So, I mean, I haven't looked lately, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's at the top or maybe the, uh, top of the NBA in terms of like assist to turnover ratio. I know preseason stats are, are kind of irrelevant in this big picture, but, um, he's another guy that I think is, has done really well so far in preseason and somebody that I've been watching. Two more preseason games to go tonight in Atlanta and Thursday against the Orlando Magic, and then we're ready for next Wednesday when the Pelicans host the Denver Nuggets on opening night. That's Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. You can follow him at Jim underscore Eichenhofer and make sure to look out for his work before the game today and after the game today on Pelicans.com and the mobile app. Jim, enjoy my hometown, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, later this week, my friend. Sounds good. I will. Uh, I, I'm enjoying Georgia, and um, I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Stay out of trouble, will you? I'll try. I'll okay. try. I'll try my best. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. When we come back, we'll talk fantasy football with Jake Seely. This is the Black and Blue Report. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Gatorade. For athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Time to talk fantasy football on this Tuesday. Of course, Jake Seeley joins us every Tuesday from RotoExperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Campbell Soup. Jake, hope this Tuesday finds you well. Hope your fantasy teams are doing well, my friend. 
Yeah, it was a good week. I was, fortunately, I was on the side of the Cooks and McCoys and Odo Beckhams of the world, and I, I didn't end up facing any of them. Somehow, out of my 14 leagues, I, I managed to avoid every single one of them. I don't even know how that's possible. I say that's a good week indeed, that's for sure. Um, Jake, let's start with uh, some quarterbacks. We'll first talk with Ben Roethlisberger, who is out with a torn meniscus. They say maybe a couple weeks. They also have the bye week in between, which helps them. But as far as maybe Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and those wide receivers, how does this affect their fantasy stock with now Landry Jones at the helm? Yeah, I'm not too worried about Le'Veon Bell. The only concern that you might have is maybe they have a few less snaps if the offense isn't working as well with Landry Jones at quarterback, which as we've seen, he's just not as good as Ben Roethlisberger. There's not really much other way to put it. So Le'Veon Bell, I think, might take maybe a 10% if you had to put like a number on it, just because, again, I think he'll be fine when he's touching the ball. He's a terrific player. You don't have to worry about him not getting his touches. It's just whether or not they have the same amount of offensive drives or length of drives to get him as many touches as normal. As for Antonio Brown and the rest of the receivers, look, we've seen from Antonio Brown what happens when he doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't have a touchdown without Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him. So that's a significant drop-off. You still have to start him because of his upside. But now you go from the fact of he's, you know, he's the top three option every single week. Sammy Coates was in the mix. Obviously, he was hurt last week, but he had been stepping up. You look at maybe Eli Rogers has a slot in a healthy week. He might have some. Now, just toss all those to the side. The only two people that you're starting now from this offense until Big Ben is back is Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And unfortunately, the Antonio Brown is just going to be probably more wide receiver two and three numbers than the top five option he normally is. Another quarterback that has uh, had a rough start to the season, I would say, uh, as far as putting up fantasy numbers, is Aaron Rodgers, who struggled again on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Is it time to hit the panic button on Aaron Rodgers right now? I'm actually looking at it from the other direction. I'm actually throwing out trade offers because this is one of the times where real football and fantasy overlap, and the, the real football aspect of it is kind of taking your attention away from the fact that he's not been that bad. He's actually QB8 so far this year in fantasy points per game. He has two games over 23 points. He has two games right around 18. And then he has the one game where he was really off. And excuse him for the matchup in that one, but it wasn't a good matchup. And you look at what he's done so far. It's not Aaron Rodgers' numbers. It's not top three quarterback, not even top five quarterback, obviously. Again, he's only QB eight in fantasy points per game. But he still has the two big games there. The schedule isn't that threatening for the rest of the season, where as if you want to look at it from that aspect, as much as we have all sit there and say – there's got to be something off with Aaron Rodgers or there has to be something off with the Packers in this offense. And this is the NFL side of it. And this is where I'm saying you get the overlap is you're watching the game, you're watching Aaron Rodgers and it's not making sense. It's like, there's something wrong here. This isn't the same Aaron Rodgers we know. But then if you look at fancy wise, if you took Aaron Rodgers name away from that, most people would just say, Oh, the QB eight this year, he's actually been pretty good. There's only one game. I didn't really want him. So I'll throw it out trade offers. Cause this is probably the cheapest you'll ever get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's a good point. Never really thought of it from that angle, but uh, that's a good way of looking at it. All right, let's go to some running backs. Are there any running backs right now that are concerning you heading into Week 7? Yeah, there's three uh, with different different degrees of worry. Uh, C.J. Anderson is probably a slight amount of worry. The snap count is still there. He's the much better pass blocker. And we all, anybody who watched that game saw all the potential yards and the touchdown that were taken away from holding calls to the point where he would have came out of that game and had a top 10 performance last week and we would have celebrated at the same time. Then Kubiak comes out and says that we got to get Devontae Booker more touches. So that automatically starts putting thoughts of last year in everybody's head. So there's a little bit concerned. Again, I'm not too concerned just yet. The snap count was just so much in his favor, but it's definitely in the back of my mind. 
Uh, the other two are a little bit bigger, in my opinion. Uh, Isaiah Crowell started off the year terrific. The last two weeks have been really disappointing. Part of it is matchup and game flow, and is the Browns' offense you know, playing from behind at times. But I think he's better days ahead, but I don't know, maybe. We were thinking that he could potentially have a breakout season, and it might look like he'll probably bounce between a reliable starter and maybe even bench-worthy as what we kind of thought was going to be the case this year. And then the biggest concern, as I'm kind of moving up the chart here, is Matt Forte is just, he's not even an RB1 at this point. He lost the snap count to Bilal Powell last night. Bilal Powell's on the field much more than he was. The yards per carry haven't been there. Even in his 30 carry game, the yards per carry weren't great. It was the volume that really helped him. I got to tell you, I don't know if it's 100% him or I think we underestimated what Eric Decker's loss did to this offense. Yeah, no doubt about that. The Jets offense not looking so great there last night against the Arizona no. Cardinals. Um, so going with those running back concerns, they don't necessarily have to be all running backs, but how about two or three waiver wire pickups that guys should look out for this week? Yeah, as always, I'll throw out some quick names that make sure outside the ones I'm about to mention that if they're out there, these are the ones that should have been picked up by now that we've mentioned on previous shows. Terrence West, Bilal Powell, James White at running back, uh, wide receiver, Michael Thomas, Quincy Inouye, even though he had a quiet night, and Sammy Coates because he'll be healthy and back. Those guys should all be off the wires. Jay Ajayi is probably the top running back option, and I know that everybody is probably shaking their heads, and a lot of people dropped him last week, and a lot of people dropped him for Aaron Foster coming back last week. But you have to go right back to him. It's kind of this is what happens to us every every year. There's a few instances where this happens, and we shake our heads and just get frustrated that we just made the wrong move last week. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that in that matchup. Uh, they're still concerned that Aaron Foster will be the pass catching option. They're still concerned that hey, maybe Aaron Foster just wasn't 100, percent and maybe the timeshare will come right back because the Dolphins have been anything but consistent in using their running backs. But you have to pick him up. Uh, another option at wide receiver we talked about last week, Cameron Meredith is still only 50% owned or less. If you didn't see last week and haven't woken up to the fact that this guy has been terrific for the Bears, and even though they're facing the Packers this week, well, guess what? The Packers defense, their secondary, the run defense is good. Their secondary is out without like three guys. So I think this is a terrific matchup again this week. And then Kenny Britt, I actually said this in my waiver column on, on rotoexperts.com. It's like, what else does he have to do for people to pick him up at this point? Like, he had four out of five games with 67 yards or more going into last week. Then he breaks out and has a huge game. I, I don't know that he can do anything else. He's on pace for 1,300 yards. Get him on your team. At worst, he's a wide receiver four and somebody you're going to be using for the bye week. Good stuff there from Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com, part of our fantasy focus. Uh, Jake, um, you know, everyone talks about the uh, – the Saints and the Panthers last week as far as fantasy uh, points is concerned. If you had anyone on either of those teams, you should have had a pretty good week. But this week, uh, the Saints take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, is there any concerns about playing the Kansas City Chiefs defense who had a pretty good showing against Oakland last week? They did. I think that was a little bit more to do with some of the weather. Uh, Derek Carr's play obviously isn't on par, but not even close when it comes to Drew Brees. And, yes, it's in Kansas City, so that is a little bit of concern. But it's not a concern of the years past, even just last year when it comes to the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense is actually middle of the pack against the quarterback, against the running backs, and against wide receivers and fancy purposes. So I'm not really concerned about sitting anybody. Uh, the only thing I would think about doing is maybe a Michael Thomas or a Willie Sneed, just because Drew Brees spreads the ball around so well, as we all know. And the guy's on pace for 5,500 yards and 45 touchdowns. So I, I really don't want to sit anybody, but maybe if you just loaded at wide receiver, because nobody drafted Michael Thomas as to be their wide receiver three or four, even as though he scored in three straight games, he's probably somebody that you have depth with. So maybe if you have somebody that's similar to him with a better matchup facing the Lions or Colts or somebody like that, 
I can see benching him, but you're definitely not benching Brandon Cooks, Mark Ingram, Drew Brees. Kobe Fleener would be hard to bench given the tight end options this year and the fact that he had another big game last week. So it would only be Steeter Thomas, and I have to be really deep at wide receiver to do so. All right, that's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Campbell Soup. Jake, always a pleasure having you on on this Tuesday, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good luck this week. I appreciate it. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap things up. This is the Black and Blue Report. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 plan, presented by Domino's, guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one-topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. All right, as I mentioned in our first segment, it is a Pelicans game day. Pelicans and Hawks tonight in Atlanta at Phillips Arena. 6.30 is tip-off. 6 o'clock, I'll have Pelicans warm up for you. And if you want to watch it on TV, turn the volume down, listen to the radio. You can. The game is on NBA TV as well. So preseason game number five. One more to go after tonight. And we'll have a full recap for you uh, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. And uh, we'll have David Wesley as well. It is a Wesley Wednesday. And we'll get his thoughts on the game and uh, gearing up towards the regular season, which is a week from tomorrow on the Saints side. We'll continue to get you ready for Saints and Chiefs after the Saints' big win over Carolina on Sunday. And, of course, you never know who else will stop by. Big thanks to Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com, and thank you to listeners for joining me on today's show. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.